Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with KC Jazz saxophonist and educator Nick Rowland. He is a native of Olathe, Kansas, and he's been in the Kansas City jazz area since 2005. These days, he's a fixture in a swinging KC jazz scene and is recorded with the likes of Chris Hazelton's Boogaloo 7, Kenny Strayer, Tim Whitmer, Gerald Spates, Bob Bowman, Clint Ashlock, Herman Mahari, and so many others, and he's been at all the hot spots around Kansas City like the Green Lady Lounge. He has plenty to say, and you will hear all about it and his jazz walk. Dig this interview, my friends. Nick, thanks for taking a little time out and talking with me here at Neon Jazz. I appreciate it. I'm happy to do it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And then, you know, before I get into it, I just wanted to kind of let you know, I've, I've known your name, I've known your work in the scene, but when I got that Boogaloo 7 Live recording on vinyl and listened to it, it just, that, that when Chris sent that to me, I think that was the only Christmas present I needed this year. Oh man, that's so nice for you to say. We're really happy with it. It's uh, it's a, a nice testament to how far that group has come. You know, just how much fun we have making music together. Yeah, it's evident. And you know, I was actually there that night. And the beauty of that was, I don't know if there could have ever in the history, and I don't put this lightly, in this town that that would have been the night for live jazz. I mean, it was on the verge of the World Series. Everybody was kind of in that anxious mode of anticipation and happiness and and that night i remember everybody the crowd was totally into it so it was good really good yeah man it was a fun night speaking of the boogaloo seven and kansas city talk to me a little bit about what's going on in your world lately man i have a lot going on right now me and my wife had a son he's about to turn one year old so the last year has just been it's been a lot of fun but it's been a whirlwind um, I'm in school full time. I'm finishing up a degree in music education and looking to get a job in, you know, maybe middle school or uh, elementary school music. Hopefully next year. Uh, I teach a lot of saxophone lessons and um, doing as much playing as I can fit into my schedule. I do uh, boogaloo every week, three eighty lounge. Uh, play with a few different groups that are doing soul music and that kind of thing. You know, every hour of my day is spoken for at this point. Right on. Yeah, it sounds like it, especially with the new one. Yeah. That'll take the time up. So, as far as any recordings, I know you were on this live recording. Do you have any recordings in the work? Do you get on recordings very much? How How is that working for you? You know, I haven't put anything out myself, but something I've kind of got that's coming down the pipe. I've been thinking about it for a while. Got some tunes I want to get together and get uh, get some of my favorite musicians together and, and lay stuff down, probably before I get into a serious role teaching in the classroom. I've done a lot of recording as a sideman. Uh, I recorded with a group called Good Foot, which is a Motown soul band. Did that a few years ago. That was a lot of fun. Recorded with Mary Bridget Davies. She's a, she's a blues singer originally from Cleveland, I think. She lived in Kansas City for a few years, and now she's um, working on Broadway. She's done the Janis Joplin show and things like that. And recorded with Chris Hazleton um, probably two or three different times. And I'm sure there, you know, there are others I'm forgetting. 
random things as a side man. That's cool. I just kind of wanted to get a handle on what was going on with you. So let me uh, let me ask you this: Where were you born and raised? I was raised in Olathe, Kansas. I'm a product of of the Olathe School District. Actually, uh, three of us in the Boogaloo Seven, me, Nick, and Chris, all graduated from Olathe East High School in the same year, in 2003. Very cool. So what was it about your childhood that got you so interested in music and more specifically jazz or your growing up years? As long as I can remember, music's been a part of my life. Uh, my dad was always singing and playing guitar and had me singing as, as soon as I was able. started piano lessons really young and started playing saxophone in fifth grade just because I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool instrument. You know, it sounded cool. It looked cool. People that played it seemed like they were cool. Then when I got in the middle school, I joined the jazz band. But at that point, you know, it's not so much jazz as it is playing, you know, maybe some pop tunes or it's kind of like a, I don't even know how to explain it. But when I got into high school, I uh, I started listening to a lot of a lot of the music that really ended up inspiring me and motivating me to practice and 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 get into jazz music. I started listening to guys like Sonny Rollins and Hank Mobley and Dexter Gordon and Cannonball Adderley and uh, guys like that. That's where I that's how I ended up getting the jazz bug listening to guys like that. What albums specifically do you remember growing up? I know you, you mentioned musicians, but were there albums that really got you going early on? Yeah, I remember one Hank Mobley album in particular, and it's still still really important to me. It's called Soul Station. Yeah. Um, it's a great rhythm section on it. It's just one of the hardest swinging jazz albums I think I've ever heard. It's just perfect. It makes you feel so good when you listen to it. I totally. can't help but, you know, I can't help but move when I hear it. it makes me want to dance. And the the stuff Hank Mobley plays on, it's the line he plays and the tunes, everything is beautiful. And for someone trying to learn that jazz, you know, the language is jazz, there's nothing better than that album because everything is spoken so clearly. It's just, um, to me, it's, it's the language the way it was meant to be spoken. Absolutely. So I took that, and that really spoke to me. Uh, there was an album called Something Else, and it's uh, it's under Cannibal Adderley's name. It's got Miles Davis on it, and uh, I think Hank Jones on piano, maybe Sam Jones on bass. That was another one that I listened to a lot when I was younger in high school. A couple Sonny Rollins albums, Way Out West was one I really got into. I'm not sure why that one in particular, but very cool. Well let's let's get into from from listening to music to like more formal levels of education. What formal education have you gotten in music and how has that influenced you? You know, I, I took saxophone lessons growing up, which was great. I mean I got really good, you know, lessons in saxophone technique and and everything. From Jan Fadley when I was growing up. My first jazz lessons were with a guy in Kansas City named Josh Glar, who is actually now a doctor. I think he's living in maybe D.C. He's either in St. Louis or D.C. I have trouble keeping up with him. But um, he was 
another guy that influenced me a lot when I was growing up. He was was my favorite player in Kansas City. Um, after high school, I went to Wofford University and met Todd Wilkinson there, studied some with him. He resigned to finish his doctorate at KU, so I moved back to Kansas City. And that's kind of when things started happening for me as far as a lot of really rapid growth um, as a saxophonist and jazz musician. I started studying Dan Kessler, um, and he's the one who ended up connecting a lot of the dots for me. I had a lot of light bulbs turn off when I was studying Dan. I think I was finally mature enough to understand a lot of the things people have been telling me for years and uh, spent a lot of time in the practice room. Uh, I was probably, you know, between the ages of 20 and 23, that, that was a, a, a period of great growth for me. And now, like I said, I'm at, um, I'm at Ottawa University. I'm finishing a degree in music education, still studying, still learning, practicing classical saxophone, and working on jazz stuff on my own. So at this point now, your career is obviously going. You've been in Kansas City since 05 in the scene, and you've done all kinds of things. You've been in all kinds of different you know, genres of jazz, R&B, classical, and funk. How do, you feel mm-hmm. about, how do you feel about your career up to this point? You know, I feel fortunate to be where I am. I've gotten to work with so many of the great musicians in town. And looking back, I, don't, I never would have expected to get to do a lot of the the things I've, I've done as a musician, some of the, the great shows I've gotten to play, and some of the amazing venues, and some of the traveling I've gotten to do around the country. It's just, it's fun. Like, it's, to me, it's all about the people. Um, I've made so many great friends that are an important part of my life. I, you know, I met my wife, Alexis, in, at Jardines. I was playing there with Chris years ago. I met her there. You know, I love the music, and I love the people. I can't imagine my life without it. Well, let me ask you this, more specifically to Kansas City being your home. How do you feel about the Kansas City scene? What's the jazz scene seem like to you? It's just like a big, warm hug. Um, it's so welcoming to um, the younger musicians who are coming up. You know, people who move into town have an easy time finding their way in because it's not a cutthroat scene. Everybody here loves yeah, it's just a, a really warm, friendly musical community, and that's one of the things I really appreciate about it. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, Kansas City has such a history of musicians that have come through, I mean, from Charlie Parker all the way up through the lineage of Count Basie and a lot of cats that have floated through town. If you could catch a show in the Kansas City history of shows, who would you want to see? Oh, man, that's a great question. I don't know. I mean, it would have been great to hear Count Basie. Um, and, and any number of the great musicians that were with him in his band, you know, Hear, hearing a young Charlie Parker when he was here in Kansas City certainly would have been, I'm sure, <laughs> would have been life-changing. I, either one of those would be my choice there. Right on. So let me ask you this. Why do you love jazz? It's so organic, more than, you know, really more than any other style of music. Um, everyone who's playing is is creating at the same time. You know, no one is a slave to the notes on the page or is playing the same thing every time to give a repeat performance because that's what people want to hear. People who play jazz and listen to jazz love it because it is all about not just individualism, but 
collaborative improvisation. And I think that's what makes it so exciting. You never know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, you know, where things are going to go. And uh, that's one of the things that makes it so fun. I, I love the swing feel. Something about the swing feel when it's played right makes me want to dance. It makes me want to move. makes me feel good. Yeah. It's, and, and as I said before, it just really speaks to me. That's the language I speak. Well, let me ask you this. What's, in, in all of the, for all the crowds that you've played for and all the people that you've played for, what, what's been one of the best compliments you've ever received? I played with my, my mentor, Stan Tesler, recently. And, you know, we play together every, every so often. But, you know, it's been years since I studied with him. And he said to me after the last time we played together, he said, Nick, you know, you've really developed your own voice and your own sound on your instrument. Uh, and to me, that was one of the greatest compliments I've received because I think that's what every musician is striving for, is to find their sound and their voice on their instrument because it is, it is your voice. You know, that's what you're using to tell your story and to communicate with others. And so for him to tell me that means that, you know, I'm, I'm doing something right. I'm getting there anyway. Where do you see yourself in, say, 10 years from now? Do you see yourself in Kansas City? What do you see happening? Yeah. I mean, Kansas City is home. You know, I've, I've thought often about about moving to another city. Just, you know, love a fresh start and meet new musicians and try and get on the scene and, and see what happens. Kansas City is home. I, it's everything... It's clicking for me here. I know, you know, just about everyone in town. I have so many friends here. I have great family here. Hopefully, I'll still be making music with the people I love. I want to be deep for sure. As important as playing is to me, I've really found a great passion in teaching and, and passing it forward to the next generation. Um, that's become really important to me. I have a couple of students who are doing so well. One of them is is right on my heels. He's going to be the next dude on the scene for sure. Teaching and playing here in Kansas City, I hope, 10 years from now. Right on. Well, let me ask you this. This is my final question. Everyone has a perception of who you are, your family, your friends, those that you play for. But who do you think you are? When you wake up and go out into the world, who do you think you are? Man, that's a, that's a great question. Tough, tough one for me to answer. You know, I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm a musician. I'm a teacher. I like to think that I'm hardworking and dependable and uh, positive. I try to stay positive. I don't know. That, that's a tough one. I'm still, I'm, you know, still trying to figure that out. That's an answer in itself right there for sure. <laughs> Nick, thanks for opening up. Thank you for giving me your story. I, I really appreciate your time. Joe, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Nick for his time, his honesty, and all of that bravado he's given to the KC jazz scene. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit the Neon Jazz YouTube channel. And for everything Neon Jazz, you can go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.